First John chapter five, verse 14 tells us this. It says, uh, says, this is our confidence. So in other words, he said, if you're gonna be confident, you can be confident in this, that if you ask him anything according to his will, he listens and hears you. And he says, and we know that if he hears us, that we already have received whatever it is that we have asked. Isn't that powerful? So the key is this, though, to ask according to his will. So it is imperative as, that, that me as a disciple of Jesus, that I know and understand what the will of God is. Well, the will of God is his word. So I know if his word says it, then, then I, can, I can pray that. And I'll receive it. There's over 7,000 promises in the word of God that pertains to us. Over 7,000. And the Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen. The word amen means, and so, so be it. Let it be so. And, and so if you say, well, I, I'm praying. I don't know if God's going to do this or not for me. Well, it, is it one of his promises? Is it part of his will? Well, if it is, the answer is yes and amen. Yes, and let it be so, right? So, so it's important for us as believers to not just bear fruit, and that's what we studied about the first several weeks of the year, is, is God has designed us to bear fruit, to be a blessing, but, but also to understand what his will is. And if we understand what his will is, man, man we, can, we know how to pray. We know how to walk. We know what direction to go. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, said this, and we, we talked about this last week. It says, don't be conformed to the image of this world. The world would love to pattern us in a certain way, right? Uh, everything that we look at in the world, whether from advertisements to uh, social media to just media outlets to the way that they corral us into our shopping habits, everything else, there's a, there's a pattern they would love to conform us into. So don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, how do you renew your mind? Getting into the word. Why? Because the word is his will. And it says, and once your mind is transformed, then you will be able to determine what the perfect will of God is. The complete will of God. The word perfect means complete. The complete will of God. I believe that most Christians, myself included, have walked in the incomplete will of God, the partial will of God. In other words, we all know we're on our way to heaven. Glory to God. Hey, that's something, something to be happy about. But sometimes we've missed the mark here on earth. We don't have to go through some of the stuff that we've walked through. We don't have to be as defeated as some of us have been defeated over the years. We, you know, we don't have to uh, uh, get as frustrated or down or discouraged as some of us have done over the years. Why? Because we haven't understood what the will of God is. When you understand what his will is, you can walk in his complete will for your life, and you can, you can function properly in his kingdom. His king, and we, we talk about it all the time. The kingdom of God is not the sweet by and by. You know, when the day comes that you breathe your last here in this realm, you are going to cross over and be in a beautiful place. We've, we've got a beautiful home waiting on us with our loved ones and everything else. Uh, uh, every year it gets sweeter and sweeter because I got more family that transitions over there, right? <laughs> so, uh, but, but that's not the kingdom. The kingdom of God is right here, right here and right now, and we, we can function in it in his will, and we can know what his will is. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, we laid the foundation last week. This week we're going to talk about his will to increase. 
He wants to increase us. Next week, we're going to talk about his will for our health and well-being. What does he say about our health and well-being? The following week, we're going to talk about his will for holiness. That's not a popular subject, right? A lot of folks get it, especially in modern Christianity, they say, oh, don't talk to me about holiness. I live in grace. I live in grace. Well, you do, but we're going to talk about that. Uh, he has called us to be a holy people, to walk in holiness. Uh, and that's powerful. As a matter of fact, when you walk in holiness, you access everything he has, uh, which, is, which is pretty, pretty dynamic. Uh, but this week, we're going to talk about God's will for increase. Anyone understand that God actually, he desires for you to increase. What I want to do is speak against some of the programming that some folk have grown up with that somehow have linked uh, a vow of poverty and, and suffering with your journey with God. You know, I'm, I'm walking with the Lord. I got to suffer for the Lord. What? There's, I cannot find scripture that insists that you suffer for the Lord. There, we are going to go through difficult times on this earth. That's just part of it. But, but it, you know, James, the book of James says, count it all joy when you go through these difficult times. Why? Because it perfects your faith. All of a sudden, that's, you know, we're, we're commanded to walk by faith, not by sight. Well, in order for our faith to be perfected, in order for us to learn to trust him more and more and more, well, we go through difficult times. There's been plenty of days in my life that the Lord has come through in a big way, and I'm rejoicing, but at the same time, I'm like, whoo, Lord, you know there was a lot easier path to have gone, right? And he said, well, yeah, but that wouldn't have affected your faith. Now you can trust me more. That's the whole purpose of it. Uh, so I want to speak, if, if you were brought up with this mindset of, well, in order to walk with God, you got to suffer, you got to, you know, the vow of poverty. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, it doesn't mean that you are exempt from difficulties and challenges. But he, he suffered for you on the cross. The, f the fullness of the wrath of God was poured out on the cross via the suffering of Jesus Christ. Why are you held responsible to suffer more on behalf of God? Now, you may suffer from your own bonehead decisions. I've done that in my life. <laughs> you know, there, if, if I'm suffering over anything, it's because I've made some bad decisions in my life. Uh, in other words, decisions come with consequences, with a sequence, con consequence, with sequence, right? That's what that means. Every decision, good or bad, comes with a sequence. Some of those sequences will be blessings if it's a good decision. If it's a bad decision, uh, uh, you, you, you got to deal with that harvest too, right? But I want you to understand this. If there's anything you walk away with is God wants you to increase. And in what? Am I just talking about money? No. Money, we all know by now our mindset on money around here. Money is here nor there. It's, it's a tool of God, right? Uh, I hope every one of you are blessed financially more and more. I hope this is the greatest year financially for you, that God blesses you in that way. Why? So that you can have bling and, and, and cool cars and everything else? No, I want you to be blessed so you can be a blessing, Right? I want you to have things. The Bible says that he's given us all things to enjoy. Do you have things? Well, enjoy them. Just don't let the things have you, right? Eric and I talk about this all the time from our childhood upbringing, and most, most of you guys probably relate. We've got more than we've ever had in our life. 
You know, we didn't grow up. Our, our, neither one of our parents had money. We had a rich childhood. We've told, we've told each other stories. It's kind of ironic. We've kind of been like, man, we, we could have been neighbors, man. Just we kind of grew up in the same type of neighborhood, same kind of community and everything else. She was up in Indiana. I was down here in Texas, you know. But we, had, we got a lot of similar story. But, but now where the Lord has blessed us in our life, we got all, man, we got, got a beautiful house we get to live in. We got stuff. We got, you know, I remember a day, in, I remember a day when, when I was thankful that the TV worked in the house, right, when I was a kid. Praise God, mom and dad got the TV fixed. Now I got a TV in just about every room hanging on the wall, you know. <laughs> what do I need so many TVs? But at the same time, we also have conversations a lot. It's a beautiful home. We praise God for the house we get to live in. If God told us to sell it tomorrow and move into a smaller apartment, we do it in a heartbeat. Why? Because we want him. It's not about the house. It's not about stuff. He lets us have things to enjoy, so we're going to enjoy them. But as you know, how, how, can, how can you know if things have you or if you have things? It's by this. Enjoy what the Lord's provided for you. But, but if he ever tells you to give it away to somebody, if you can't, then that thing's got you. Right? That's, that's the key. Say, God would ask me to give it away. Well, he may. I don't know. But if he does, I guarantee you this, he's got something else for you. That's going to bless you. That's just the way you work. So he wants you to increase. Let's get into this. Don't take my word for it. We're going to take the word of God. So I hope, uh, hope you got something to take notes with or if you want to like take some screenshots or whatever. We're going to cover a lot of scriptures and we're going to do it really quick. But by the end of this, you will understand God's desire, his will for you to, is to increase. But most of all, his will for you through all of this we're going to find is to trust him. That's faith. And to submit and obey. He, that's, that's what he says. Trust me and do what I tell you to do. And if you'll do it, woo, he's got an incredible covenant for us. If you don't, well, he doesn't punish you, but you move yourself back into the curse, right? So God's will for increase. Everyone say increase. All right, hey, we're going to try this. This is a brand new clicker. There's a brand new dongle hooked up over there. So Peter, here we go. I'm going to try it. Let's see. And it, it, it may take a second. Hey, look at that. Let's talk about God's covenant. Now, there, there may be a delay, which that's not the clicker or the dongle. That would just be, you know, that laptop's kind of getting old. So Peter's not. He's young as ever over there. <laughs> all right, let's see. Oh, all right. Was that, was that me or was that you, Peter? All right, all right. So we just have a delay. All right. Lord, help us with a, give us a faster processing computer. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, starting with verse 1. It says this, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, now he's, he's making a covenant with Abraham. A covenant means a contract, a blood contract. This is what God says to Abram. I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. There's that, there's that phrase again. You remember uh, in, in all the lessons about being a blessing and the fruit of the Spirit, what was the very first thing that God spoke to mankind in the garden? Adam and Eve. Be fruitful and multiply, right? So all he's doing with Abram is trying to establish 
what he said in the garden, what Adam lost. He's trying to establish it at least with a family, Abram's family, right? So he said, I will multiply you, but notice he says, exceedingly. That's a word of increase, isn't it? Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Now notice he took Abram's name, and then God took his own name, Hashem, and he combined it together, almost like a marriage. And that's what a marriage is, right? It's a covenant. So it's Abraham. All right, let's see if this is going to work. Peter, I may, I may need you to take the bus here in a second. All right, click it over for Oh, wait, was that you or me? All right, all right, Peter, you're doing a whole lot better than this. <laughs> Genesis uh, 17, starting with verse 6, it says, I will make you, now here we go, here's this word again, exceedingly fruitful. It's the same terminology as in the garden, except this time there's an extra word in there. First it was be fruitful and multiply. Well, when, when Adam fell, uh, now here's, here's the crime. We, we, we give Eve a hard time. And I was reading something yesterday, and whoo, boy, it convicted me as a man. We give Eve a hard time, right? We're like, man, Eve, if you wouldn't have eaten the fruit in the first place and listened to that serpent and all that stuff. Now, God, in the book of Hosea, God actually held Adam accountable for that whole situation. The Bible says that Eve was deceived. She was tricked. Adam was not deceived. And he still ate. In other words, Adam knew better. Eve was tricked. She was fooled. Adam knew better, and he did it. Woo. That's why we got to know the will of God and do the will of God, right? But he said, be fruitful and multiply. Now he's adding a word. He's telling Abram, he's not telling Abram to go multiply and be fruitful. He's saying, I'm going to make you exceedingly fruitful. I'm going to exceedingly multiply you. God's saying, I will do it, personally. That's pretty powerful, right? He says, uh, I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you, and I will, everyone say this word, establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you. Now, some translations say your seed after you, your descendants or your seed after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant. In other words, I am making this covenant. It is everlasting. It is established. It's not going anywhere. It will last forever, is what he's saying. To be God to you and to your seed or your descendants after you. Now, the word established, hop to the next slide for me, Peter. The word established means this, to make steadfast, firm, or stable, to settle on a firm or permanent basis, to set or fix unalterably. So God is telling Abram, I am making this and it doesn't change, period. It doesn't change at all. I am making this covenant. I am going to, he said, if you will walk up right before me, I will exceedingly multiply you. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and nothing will ever change this promise 
that I'm making to you. I will not go back on my word. Now, he reiterates this all throughout the word of God. The next slide, Peter. Notice what he says here in Psalm 89, 34. He says, my covenant. What is he talking about? What he just promised to Abraham. My covenant, I will not break nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Now, does that sound like a covenant of increase to you, right? Because he, he kept using the word exceedingly. Well, let's look at what exceed means. Go to the next slide for me. Exceed means to make greater than, to surpass, to go beyond, to be better than or superior to. That sounds like increase to me. Increase in what? Everything. More peace, more joy, more love, more deliverance, more health, more soundness of mind. Increase in marriage, increase in relationship with, with neighbors, increase in livestock, increase in wealth, increase in whatever it is Abraham needed. Increase. That was the covenant that he made with Abraham, right? So think about it. To, to fail, if you're going to get anything today, write this down. To fail to increase is a violation of your covenant. I don't want anyone to ever have a mindset around here about God just wants to suffer. You know, he wants me to suffer for what? God's trying to punish me. If he's trying to punish you, I'm not saying that if you make a mistake, if you sin, that there's not some kind of consequence. But there's not punishment. Because the punishment was the cross. And if God's going to punish you for one of your mistakes, well, then the cross wasn't a sufficient payment. And we know that's not correct. Now, does that mean that we get to go live any way we want? No. Because <laughs> if you do, you're not living under the covenant. The covenant is, our part is trust him and be obedient. And then he's going to take care of all this other stuff for us. That's his part, right? But if we're not obedient, does he punish us? No, it moves us back out here, out from under the covenant. Now we're back out in the land of the curse, right? The world is condemned. The world is cursed. We said it last week, John chapter 3, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved or sozoed, or that word means to be restored, replenished, healed, set back in proper order. And it says that those who believe are not condemned, but those that believeth not are already condemned. So in other words, the world's already condemned. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He came to save the world, to get everyone back into the covenant. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Say, well, wait a minute. This whole covenant you just read, Pastor, is about Abram or Abraham. What's that have to do with me? I'm so glad you asked. Go to the next slide. Man, if you can memorize anything for this week, memorize this. Galatians chapter 3, 26 and 29. This is talking about Jesus. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. In other words, it doesn't matter what background you are, where you come from, what gender you are, what color you are, what ethnicity or what, what culture you come from. 
it took the same redeeming power of Jesus. It works the same in you as it does for me. We are all one. We have all been saved and established through Christ Jesus. Isn't that pretty powerful? Then it goes on to say, and if you are Christ, oh, wait, 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 go back for me. And if you are Christ, how many of you belong to Christ? All right, we got a good room full. If you are Christ, then you are what? Abraham's seed or Abraham's descendants and heirs according to the promise. What did God say? I'm making this covenant for you, Abraham, and all of your descendants, and it's going to last forever. What was the covenant? I'm going to exceedingly multiply you. I'm going to in exceedingly bless you. You will be exceedingly fruitful. That means that you're going to be able to bear fruit. You remember, we don't bear fruit for ourselves. Everybody, if you're a tree and you bear fruit, you bear fruit for someone else to come get. Well, how are you going to bear fruit? How are you going to be able to bless if you're not blessed? Right? So, so here within this area of town, we have some folks who have been blessed throughout your life. You've worked hard. God has honored your work. God has blessed your business, perhaps. God has blessed your investments, perhaps. Don't let somebody come and condemn you for that. Why? God wants to increase you. He wants to bless you. Why? Because he wants you to be a blessing. As part of the covenant. As part of the agreement. I'm not just, again, I'm not just talking about finance. I'm talking about everything. I, I hope you increase in your marriage. I hope you increase in your family unity. I hope you increase in your knowledge and your faith. I hope you increase in joy and peace and love this entire year. That's all stuff that money can't even buy. There's a lot of rich folk in the world that can't sleep at night because they don't have any peace. Yeah, there's a lot of folks that are dependent on God to help them pay rent that are sleeping well because they trust in God. Money can't buy that, right? But you get to be part of the promise. Why? Because you are Abraham's seed. I want everyone to say that. I am Abraham's descendant. It is your covenant. So let's talk about this covenant blessing. Does it work? Well, let's, let's talk about this promise. What was the promise? To exceedingly multiply and be exceedingly fruitful, right? Everyone following? Well, does it work? Well, I don't know. Let's take a look. Genesis chapter 12, starting with verse 2. That was when Abraham first cut covenant with God. Genesis 12, Genesis 15, Genesis 17. Those are the, the, the covenant of Abraham uh, uh, chapters. Genesis 12 and 2. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. What is that? Uh, uh, that is multiplying, right? And you shall be a blessing. What is that? That's fruitfulness. So we see multiplication and fruitfulness there. Genesis 12. One chapter later, look at this. It's already kicked in. Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. One chapter later, how much faith do you have in God for his covenant? How many chapters is it going to take in your life for his covenant to kick in? <laughs> right? Genesis 24 and 1, this is at the end of Abraham's life. Now, Abraham was old, well advanced in age. Well, God had already increased his age and multiplied him. And it says, and the Lord had blessed Abraham, what? In all things. Am I just talking about monetary stuff? No. Abraham was blessed in what? Everything. 
All things. What does that include? Oh, apparently things were good with him and Sarah for as long as it needed to be. Things were good with him and his, his sons. Things were good with him and his neighbors. Things were good with him and his servants. Things were good with him and his health. Him and his mind. Him and God. He was blessed in all things. That's, we see this covenant of increase taking place. So God's will for us, we can know, is, is increase. Matter of fact, let's, go, let's talk about this word bless. Abraham was blessed. This word bless means this, scripturally. If you, if you go back and look at the original Hebrew, if you see the word bless, it means this. Empower to prosper, empower to multiply, empower to increase, empower to excel and rise above. So Abraham was empowered to multiply, increase, excel, rise above. That's a pretty awesome God. Does that sound like he was serving a God that wanted him to suffer? Does that sound like uh, he was serving a God that wanted him to take a vow of poverty and, and, and scratch and claw everything in his life? No. Sound like a God who was willing to take care of him when a need came up? That sounds like our God. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Say, well, you should look at my bank account. I don't have much in it. Well, it doesn't matter. Do you have needs? If you have a need, he will supply it. Say, well, I don't have a whole lot of money in my bank. It doesn't matter. You're a gazillionaire in the, in the kingdom because anything you need, he will supply. That's a promise. Amen? Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. All right, let's go to the next slide. Well, look, look at this blessing, this concept of the, the blessing of the Lord. Proverbs 10.22, this is Solomon, who is a Jew, who understands the Jewish covenant that God had with him. He understood what he was talking about when he said the blessing. It wasn't like, ooh, God's just going to bless us. No, he was saying the blessing, God's divine empowerment to multiply, advance, overcome, the blessing of the Lord does what? It maketh rich. Now, I'm, 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 I put the King James Version up there because I wanted to focus on this word maketh. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to be, uh, that's not how Mike Tyson would preach, right? <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, this word. Now, all the modern translations would say the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And that, and that can be correct as well. But I like the way this word maketh sounds because it, it denotes a perpetual continuation. The sun maketh heat. When does the sun make heat? All the time. It just maketh the heat, right? <laughs> trees maketh oxygen. When do trees make oxygen? All the time, right? This blessing, this empowerment that God has on our life due to his covenant and due to our uh, faith and obedience. When does it make rich? All the time. By rich, is it constantly? Here in America, we think rich just means money. No, rich means everything. It means an abundance of everything. A, a rich amount of love in your home, a rich amount of peace in your home, a rich amount of faith in your life. Ooh, man, if you are rich in faith, that's a whole lot better than anything in your checking account. When you can be rich in the way you trust God. Hey, I, tr I trust God for anything. 
do you have needs? Some, I heard one preacher say, yeah, I have needs, but I sleep good at night because I just trust him. He's going to take care of it. I don't know how. He's going to take care of it. Psalm 3 and 8 says this, salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. Are there any people of God in the house today? His blessing is upon us. And then it says, Selah. That means think about, pause, and ponder that. Have a cup of Ryan's coffee. Selah coffee. And pause. Why? He's saying pause and think about that. His blessing is upon you. Why? Because you're his people. And what does the blessing of God do? It maketh rich. <laughs> right? And look, look at what Ephesians 1 and 3 tells us, that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How was Abraham blessed by the end of his life? In every way. He had everything he needed. How is God blessing us? Every way we need. That sounds like his, his that sounds like he desires increase in my life, right? Amen. So everyone say this. I am the seed of Abraham. That means we're in covenant with Almighty God, and he will never break that covenant. Amen. Let's go to the next one. Look at this. Why did Jesus die for us? Say, well, Jesus died, he died for my sins so that I could pray the sinner's prayer and then I could attend church and I could hold on till he comes and gets us. That's, that's how my Sunday school teachers would have me answer. Eh, it's kind of partially true, but that's not really the whole full picture. Look at this. Do you know why Jesus died for you? Why? Yes, we needed atonement for our sins. He covered our sins. But it, this, right here, Galatians 3 tells us this, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. You remember we said that the world was already condemned, but through faith in Christ, we're no longer condemned. It's, it's hearkening back to the covenant of Abraham. The world was condemned because of the fall of Adam. But then God made a covenant with the family of Abraham and said, if you'll do what I tell you to do, have faith in me, I'll take care of you. You don't have to be exposed to the curse or to the condemnation. So Christ became this curse and condemnation, right? Well, why did he do it? Why did he hang on the cross? Verse 14 tells you that the blessing, we just talked about what the blessing was, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive what? The promise, the blessing of the Holy Spirit through faith. Why is it so important about the blessing of the Holy Spirit? Because it is the token of our covenant now. The new covenant that was birthed from the old covenant. The old covenant, anyone remember what the token or the symbol of that covenant was? It was circumcision. Circumcision. The symbol or token of the new covenant is the Holy Spirit living within us. Why? Because the Holy Spirit performs, the uh, Paul said, circumcision of the heart, the removal of excess flesh from our heart. Now all of a sudden we don't desire things of the world. We don't desire sinful things. He set us free from sin. Now we are, we desire his kingdom. We desire his will. We desire the word. We desire him, right? 
So the Holy Spirit, we receive that power. We receive the token of the new covenant. But it's the same, it's, it's a new covenant that has birthed out of the old covenant. If you will, if you can picture an old flower, have you, have you ever, um, I'm trying to think of what, what are the first flowers that bloom usually in the springtime? And, 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 well, and we've, daffodils and then also, we've all got them, a bunch of us that have been here in the neighborhood for ages. Well, we got all, <laughs> I've read about five different flowers, I don't know. I could show it to you. I'm not a botanist, right? My wife, my wife understands flowers far more than me. All I know is when they, when they're the first ones to wilt, and it looks like hay almost, right? You got to like kind of just, it's, it's crazy. Anyways, just forget it. Let's move on. <laughs> when I, used, I used to do a lot of gardening, and, I, and if I grew lettuce, if I let the lettuce hang out long enough, from the original head of lettuce, there would be another shoot, another stalk that would come up, and then you'd see another head appear on top of that, right, as this head is starting to wilt. So as the old covenant began to fade, Christ brought a new covenant that was birthed out of the old covenant. It's not a separate covenant. It's the same covenant that... That you know the, the original manuscripts didn't have Old Testament and New Testament, which by the way, testament is really just a Latin word that means covenant, old covenant, new covenant. Uh, there there was not a separation within the text. Matter of fact, there's a ton of verses if you if you were to study this that just really crosses that dividing line and, and brings it all together. Uh, and, and Hosea, there's a beautiful prophecy about this new covenant that we have today through Christ Jesus. Uh, so it was talked about in the Old Testament scriptures, right? So, so this is what Christ has done. He has birthed out of the Old Covenant this new covenant with us, but we get all of the benefits of the previous covenant. Amen? So let's talk about, does, does this work with the seed? If we're seed of Abraham, does this really work? Well, let's look at the, the scripture. Are we all still all right? I know it's starting to get warm in here again. i got to pull out that little air conditioner for myself. It's going to be 90 degrees tomorrow, 90-something degrees tomorrow. Then it's going to be fifty something on Thursday. Welcome to Texas. Let's go to the let's go to the next. Who was who was Abraham's first seed? Isaac, right? Abraham, Isaac. So I don't know. Let's look at Isaac. Did this covenant work with him? Genesis twenty six twenty four. And the Lord appeared to Isaac the same night and said, say, "Tell me if this sounds familiar. I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will what." Bless you and multiply your descendants for my servants Abraham's sake. We see in that chapter the covenant was already kicking in. It says the man or Isaac began to prosper. What? And continued prospering until he became very prosperous for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines uh, envied him. Man, they got so jealous they kicked him out of the land, actually. So because of God's, uh, God's blessing. Jacob, he was, let's see, Abraham, Isaac. Let's go to the next one. Jacob, so this was the grandson of Abraham. Did the covenant keep on going? I don't know, let's see. Genesis 30, 43. Thus Jacob became, there's that, there's that word again, <laughs> exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks, female and male servants, and camels and donkeys. If y'all like Shrek, you got you to say donkey like that. Donkey. Uh, he had donkeys. 
Now, matter of fact, this is what Jacob personally said. This is Jacob's own testimony. He's trying to write things with his brother Esau, and he tells Esau this. Genesis 33, 11, he says, For God has dealt graciously with me, and I have everything. What did Abraham, how was Abraham blessed at the end of his life? In all things, God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. You have everything you need. Amen? Everything you need. Well, I don't have that car I want. Well, there's a difference between want and need. And he'll bless you. If you're faithful with him, trust me, he's a good parent. Every parent likes to reward their kids, right? So it'll come. Don't worry. But that's not the point. He doesn't, he won't, he doesn't want you to make anything an idol above him. All right, let's go to the next one. Let's, let's see. So we got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob had a whole lot of sons. Well, let's look at Joseph, because Joseph's probably like the rock star out of all of his sons, right? Says Genesis. Now, you remember, Joseph was sold into slavery, right? He, he was not in ideal situations. So again, I'm not trying to preach pie in the sky. Oh, if you just trust God, you, you're going to have the happiest of happy, hap, hap lives. Everything's going to be joy, joy, joy. I'm not saying that. You may find yourself in some cruddy situations. Look at Joseph. He was a slave. But the Lord was with Joseph, and he, though a slave, was a successful and prosperous man. We see the covenant still being honored. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to what? Flourish and succeed in his hand. So even though Joseph was not in the most ideal situation, he still was experiencing increase in his life. If you, we were to go hop on a plane and go visit South Sudan today, where our, our mission partners, Harvesters Reaching the Nations, has two orphanages where they care for over 300 orphans. South Sudan is one of the newest nations on the planet. It is one of the poorest nations on the planet. 300 orphans are considered wealthy in South Sudan. Now, you may look at them compared to because all things are relative. You may look at them and say, they don't look wealthy to me. But in South Sudan, they are experiencing increase. Why? Because they have clean facilities to live in. They have solid homes. You know, they're, they're kind of like barracks, right? <laughs> but they're, it's solid. It is well constructed. The roof doesn't leak. They have clean beds to sleep in every night. They have clean clothes to put on their bodies every single day. They have shoes to put on their feet, some of which we got to supply this last Christmas time, right? They get three meals a day. They're getting educated. They're receiving free education. They're receiving free biblical education. They're being taught trades. Woo! Okay, well, what? That doesn't sound... That sounds kind of basic. In that nation, that's wealth. That's increase. That's blessing. Right? Because the truth of the matter is, just about every, of, every one of us in this room live like kings compared to 70% of the world. Right? So no matter what situation you are in, what's their situation? Well, they're living in South Sudan. It's a poor nation, but man, they're experiencing increase in their life. God is blessing them. 
because he is faithful to his covenant. Amen. Let's go to the next one. Faith and obedience. Now I'm about to wrap up. I promise. I'm wrapping up now. Right? Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1 says this. I'm not telling you that just because you say, oh, I love Jesus, that that means that he's going to honor all this. No, it takes trust, faith, faith, and obedience. In other words, it goes back to what he told Abraham. If you'll do what I tell you to do, and trust me, I'll take care of you. Well, this is what God commanded Moses to tell the children of Israel as they're about to cross into the promised land. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 2. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commands, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. Well, that sounds like increase. That sounds like multiplication. That sounds like fruitfulness to me, right? He says that all these what? Blessings. So all this empowerment to multiply, to advance, to all this stuff, right? Shall come upon you and overtake you. One translation says shall shall run you down and tackle you. I love that. So these blessings are going to come and overtake you because why? You obey the voice of the Lord your God. So you, we still, we've got to be obedient to his word. His voice is his word. We have to be obedient to the word. Say, well, that's the old covenant. I live under grace now. And Jesus loves me no matter what I do because of grace. True, he does. But it doesn't mean that you get to experience the covenant of God, right? Matter of fact, let's, well, let's look at the new covenant. Let's go to these last two verses. Jesus said this in Luke 6.46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? It's easy for folks to say, oh, no, hey, I believe Jesus. I, I love Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Is he? Is he really Lord? Because if he's Lord, that means he is king. He is boss. He is ruler. Well, what did the king say? Well, let me read. Oh, I don't like what I read. I don't know if I want to apply that to my life. I'm not going to do it because I live in grace. Well, that's good, but that means he's not Lord. <laughs> and in order to exist in the kingdom, to operate in the kingdom, he's got to be Lord. Right? Matter of fact, Mary, his mother, understood it. You remember the, the uh, wedding reception when they ran out of wine? And she said, Jesus, they ran out of wine. And she, she you know, basically said, oh, it's not my time. I, I, I'm not ready to do this. Well, she needed a miracle. And like every good mother, she ignored her son and did what she wanted to do, right? <laughs> so she turns to the servants. And what does she say? Whatever he says to do, do it. We need a miracle. If you want a miracle, do what he says. If you want a covenant of increase. Matter of fact, Jesus made more wine than they started out with. He made more wine than they, they could consume. If you go back and look at how much wine he actually made, what was that? That was increase. But in order to have the increase, they had to be obedient. So she, she might as well have said, do what the word, because Jesus is the word, do what the word says. How many need a miracle today in your life? If you need a miracle, do what the word says. You need increase in your life, do what the word says. Trust him and be obedient. That's what he told, he told Moses to tell the children of Israel. Matter of fact, go, go read Deuteronomy 28. He said, man, if you are obedient, look at all this mess that's coming your way. It's awesome. It's, it's Christmas in July, right? 
But then if you keep reading, this is, but if you don't obey, this is what's going to happen. And is it because God was going to come off the, the top rope and give him an elbow drop? No. It's that they would move out from under his covenant back into the land of the curse. And so everything would start falling apart for them, which consequently did happen. <laughs> the Old Testament is a pretty good log of ups and downs. Israel would come back to God. He would honor his covenant. They'd disobey God. They'd step out from that covenant. His covenant still stood. They just stepped out from it. And they, they experienced the curse. God's will for you today is increased. Let's all stand. So this week, when you pray, you can pray according to his will. You don't have to pray, Lord, would you please bless me? No, he's already blessed you. So you can pray, Lord, I thank you, because according to your will for me, I am already blessed, so I thank you, and I receive your blessing. However, however you need to provide it for me today, I'll receive it. Isn't that awesome to know that you can wake up every morning and say, thank you, Lord, for this morning, because I already know whatever I need today, you have supplied for me. Help me to see it. Help me to recognize it. Help me to thank you for it and take time to be aware of it. Well, it takes a lot of stress off your hands, amen? And if you pray it, it's according to his will. Now, next week, we're going to talk about his will for health and his will for health, for well-being. I got 101 scriptures we're going to read. <laughs> Say, man, how long... Matter of fact, it's, it's going to take me a shorter time than it did today. Trust me. And it's done in a way it's going to make complete sense to you. But you will leave out of here with no question. If you're open to the word of God and open to the spirit, you will leave out of here with no question that his desire for you is to be well and to prosper even in your body and in health just as you prosper in your souls. Amen. That came, that came straight from the Word of God. That's not me talking. Amen. But today, I want you to walk out of here and understand that if you are not increasing in your life, it's a breach of contract. Because God has it for you. Increase in what? Everything. That's what he increased Abraham in. That's what he increased Jacob in. And that's what he's increased us in. He has blessed us with everything spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Everything we need. Now that's how you transform your mind. Instead of waking up, grumbling about something, wake up and say, I am blessed in every way I need to be blessed today. Amen? Praise God. Lord, I love you. Thank you for your covenant. Thank you for your unending covenant. And thank you for your faithfulness and honoring it, sir. Help us, Lord. Help us to understand your increase for our life. Help us to understand, really, the increase is you. The more we get of you, the more we understand of you. Things are, they're fun, things are great, but they're transient. But you are forever. You stand in our life. As the terrain of our life shifts and changes, as folks come and go from our life, you remain. That's the true treasure. That's the true riches, Lord, is you. So, Father, I thank you that we are a fruitful folk, that we are multiplying in our lives, all for the express purpose of you being shown to be great, but also for the purpose of us being a blessing. So teach us, Lord, to be that. 
and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Let's sing together one more time as a family. He is a great God, isn't he?